Hi, my name is Corey, and welcome to the RCF Podcast, a place where you can dive deep into what the scriptures say, get caught up on current events, or sit back and listen to topical discussions on life from all ages. All right, well, we're here this afternoon with uh, Emma. You better say hi. (laughs) All right. Uh, And so we're just going to talk about life and what the Lord has done, where he has brought her and where he has taken her. Just in case you wanted to know or to get to know her or, or to be able to pray for her, um, a neat young lady who's grown up here in Roseburg. And uh, we just want to, yeah, we just want to talk about the goodness of the Lord today. And so I want to start out with Colossians chapter 4, beginning in verse 2 through 4. It says, Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving, meanwhile praying for us that God would open to us a door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in chains, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. And so as we get to know uh, this woman of God, we want to do that a little bit, get to know her so that as she goes out and offers her life up to wherever God would open the door to share his word and to be involved in his kingdom, that we'll know how to pray. And uh, that she won't mess up and she'll speak as she should. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> so we want to we wanna start back at the beginning. And um, tell me about some of, you know, as, as we'll get to eventually where God is working in your life now. We want to back up to the beginning. Where, what are your first memories of just being touched by the Lord or impacted by uh, someone trying to share them in your life? Yeah, so um, my parents and, like, both sets of grandparents are Christians, so I just grew up in the church, um, and they're all really solid believers. Um, I think I can't remember a time where I didn't know who God was or anything like that. Like, I remember specifically when I became a Christian, but um, everything before then seemed pretty similar to my life after that, just because I was raised in the church and I was saved young, so I didn't really have a whole lot of that tip, like that testimony where it's like, oh, big change after you're saved. Like it was kind of like, oh, I'm saved now and my parents are still saved. I'm yeah. like, it's yeah, just yeah. that, um, just that place where I grew up. So, um, I remember being, I think a f- little bit before I was saved, I remember like wanting to know more about God and I was probably like five or something. And I remember a little girl in Sunday school, like had gotten saved that day. And for some reason I was just like super excited. Like yeah. it was really funny cause I'd never like thought like I was five years old. So I didn't really have that <laughs> big sense of like caring for others. That sounds terrible, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't know a lot of five-year-olds yeah. that really care for others. Yeah. So, so I wasn't yeah. used to like being excited for other people. <laughs> sure. And then, um, when that girl got saved, I remember just talking to my mom and telling her that like, I thought that was the coolest thing and I was so excited for her. And I think that yeah. was the first time I like actually felt the spirit kind of like give me that joy, you know, uh-huh. um, and experience that personally rather than just from my family. Yeah. And then probably a year later, um, I became a Christian and I just asked my mom to like, help me, yeah. you know, say the prayer and everything. Um, and of course, I was only like six at the time. So I didn't really understand exactly what that meant as far as lifestyle changes and everything sure. like that. But um, as I grew up in the church and learned more about God, I started to kind of adjust and like learn what it is to live the life of a Christian and not just be a Christian. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the Lord started working on John, John the Baptist pretty early, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we know that you can certainly start young, and they're just that pro, that wonderful, and really a blessing 
um, of growing up in a, in a family that um, God has even just sanctified their children because they have believing parents. And, and uh, it's, you know, we look at those great testimonies and say, man, I wish, you know, we don't want the experience, but we love the, you know, to hear those amazing life-altering, I was in the ditch and then God has redeemed yeah. me testimonies. But I had a good friend that once told me that it's not more grace, it's just a different grace. Um, mm. Because, you know, for me, growing up as a heathen, I always look back and say, man, it would have been wonderful to grow up in a Christian home. Mm. Um, <laughs> might have spared me a great great deal of grief. And, and I don't know, it's just a different grace um, because I was, I was sharing with a friend the other day, witnessing isn't something that we necessarily go do because a witness is something that we are. And we're just testifying what God has done in our life. And, and it's just different for everybody. Um, and his glory is not reduced by by me not having gone off into doing all the things in the world. Anyways, so saved as a young lady, young girl. So maybe share a little bit because, um, boy, I, I feel like right now we're so pulled. And we have access to anything that we want when we want it via internet or, or what have you. We live in really kind of an affluent society. And um, what's it like to be, let's say, just a teenage girl trying to want to follow the Lord? I'm a Christian now, and I want to live that life. What, what's that like? How do you navigate? Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> maybe I, you can take a minute. I'll just ramble for a segment. I mean, how do you really kind of navigate um, maybe failing, maybe not? But how do we, you know, what what held, what anchored your heart for the Lord? Mm-hmm. To Regardless if you wandered a little bit and he brought you back, what what... what what was a, a centerpiece of, of uh, not walking away from him? I mean, I think that everybody has a different experience um, in just like what's kind of kept them with the Lord because I think everybody go through, goes through series of doubts and times when they're like, I don't even know why I'm a Christian. Like, yeah. I've just, been, especially for people who've grown up in the church, I think it's easy. Like, once you realize like that your faith is your own and that you're no longer just a Christian because your parents are Christians and like you have to realize how that is for yourself. I think it's easy to go through a period of time when you're just doubting and wondering and trying to figure out why you're a Christian. Um, I think for me, um, it was kind of, oh, I'm trying to remember the verse, but like uh, when the apostles say like, where else can we go? I don't remember exactly Mm -hmm, where it is. mm -hmm. Um, But I think for me, it was just like having a lot of things in my life be lost um, and kind of having, well, God is the only thing I have left. He's kind of the only rock that I have in my life. Um, So I think that was kind of what kept me um, going through having a relationship with him, even though there were ups and downs and there were definitely times of just like dryness and not really feeling his presence, um, but still knowing he's there because of the word he's given us and being able to look back at that and be like, okay, even though I can't feel him right now, I know he's here because he said it right here. And um, I think it was a huge blessing to grow up in the church where I was like, learned the skills to be able to look back and be able to see where God is working, even when I can't feel where God is working. So mm. I think that's Amen. the major thing. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, no, that scripture you referenced there, Jesus had, he had a lot of disciples. Um. And there was a great many of them that just kind of followed him. And he, they really came to that part in John chapter 6 where they were really challenged with something that Jesus had said or something that he expected in their life. And 
And many of them walked away and they didn't follow him anymore. And they're in verse 66. But in verse 67, Jesus said to the twelve, Do you also want to go away? But Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And also we have come to believe and know that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And That's interesting. That's a... You know, that moment that we, that so many of us come to, and I can remember even, even you know, I didn't get saved until I was 24, and uh, having that moment of just kind of, you just kind of wrestle with um, who's going to be on the throne? Why, why am I going and where am I going? Um, no, that's, that's really cool. Thank you for sharing that with us. So, now that you're saved and you're navigating the minefield, the temptations of teenage life, um... Just kind of having known you a little bit and, and watching you a little bit more from afar, but kind of that transition from, um, you know, believing and, and going to church and, and maybe helping or blessing others and just kind of being, uh, you know, the be- you know kind of what we're all kind of called to. If nothing else, we're going to go to work, we're going to serve in our local church, and we're going to, and we're going to love the Lord, and, and we're going to be a part to impact our, our local world. But there was kind of something that seemed that pulled on your heart or called you to something maybe a little bit outside the norm. Um, to look to go to go to college, to go to Moody, Moody Bible College, and to pursue something that would open some doors, like what Paul is praying about, to, to maybe speak the word where maybe your family's not going to be, or to lead you to have an open door where... Um, where perhaps maybe not as many are called to be. Um, so maybe ha- share with us that process of, okay, I'm going, and I could go to school, and I can get a job, or I can raise a family, or I can do these things kind of, you know, what what most of the church is made up of. What what uh, sent you down maybe a little bit different road? What what was the, the fleece or the, you know, the big booming voice, <laughs> the, you know, this is what I'm supposed to do? Um, I think, I mean, there's so many different things that, can just attribute to like what you want to do with your life and how you come about that process. I think one part of it for me was growing up in the church and going to a Christian school. I went to Uncle Valley Christian in high school and I was homeschooled before that. And um, just like, I think it's really easy, especially as a teenager. And I think God uses this like kind of stupid impulse for his glory. (laughs) But I think so many teenagers just want to do something different than their parents. I'm like, well, my parents, like they grew up Christian and they got married and they got good jobs and they started a family and that's great, but I don't want to do that. I want to do something different. And so like, I think that stupid, like 14 year old mentality, not stupid, but like (laughs) that mentality. No, but that word is relatable for so many of us though. (laughs) Yeah. Just like wanting to do something different, even though you're like, I don't even know if I'd be good at that, but I just want to do something that's not normal. And like, especially being surrounded by people in the church and people at my school who that's was their background too. Like everybody just had parents who were good Christians who like served in the church and did that. And I was like, oh, well, I can do something more than that. Sure. (laughs) Which is stupid, but I think that God was able to (laughs) use that um, to help me know what I wanted to do, even though that reason wasn't a good one at the time. Yeah. So I think that kind of started where um, my freshman year of high school, I um, was just kind of realizing, like, I've been in a Christian bubble my whole life, and I haven't really had a chance to, like, talk to people about God. Um, and so I started doing some 
um, just like little ministry things. There was a person in my church who would go out and like um, stand for like pro-life uh-huh. events and stuff. Um, and then it ended up like going into gospel ministry and like uh-huh. just talking to people at U of O about God and giving out tracts and stuff. And I was like, okay, that's a good place to start. So I went on one of those and it wasn't super my cup of tea. It was a little bit intense for me. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, just, I wasn't prepared to like have arguments with people like that. <laughs> it's hard to like evangelize on the street without things getting heated. So, sure. um, but it was a really good experience, even though I didn't love it. I still felt like that time when I was really little before I was even saved, when I like felt really excited for other people hearing the gospel. Um, so I think that's kind of when I realized like, oh, I feel like this really great joy when I talk to others about the gospel. And when I know others are hearing the gospel who don't know it. And, um, I think that was kind of my first spiritual hint that I was like, oh, maybe like evangelism is a spiritual gift that I have that I don't really use. (laughs) So, um, then I went, um, one year to, um, CYIA, Mm -hmm. um, and that was good. It was also a lot of like street evangelism. Well, not a lot, but like evangelizing to kids and, Mm -hmm. Um, doing like five day clubs and stuff, which was really good. And I also experienced that like joy of knowing that others were hearing the gospel, but I also didn't feel like I was good at it because I'm just, it was just, (laughs) I'm not super great with kids and (laughs) I just didn't really know how to tell the gospel to a kid like that. And so that was still a good experience though. I think most of my high school was kind of learning what I don't want to (laughs) do, but in a way that was still like beneficial. So I did that. Um, I went to a couple different like um, pro-life camps um, where we like talk to people on the street. And um, then I finally got to like my senior year of high school and I knew that I really, really loved evangelism and I really wanted it to be more than just a hobby type uh-huh. of thing. I really wanted to make it a big part of my life, but I also wasn't sure how to do that in a way that I was good at because I hadn't really found anything that I was good at yet. Yeah. And I also hadn't found anything that would make money. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, me neither. We have this in common. Yay! No. <laughs> so um, I was really torn um, that year. I was trying to figure out where to go and I was debating between Moody and OSU because mm-hmm. I also really love science and math. And so I was like, that was my plan. Like since I was little was to become a scientist. And so I was like, I should just stick to my plan. I'm like, I just don't know how I can make money by going into like a Bible college and like it's more expensive anyway. I have these scholarships. I'll just do it. So I went to OSU and it was like fine. But um, I realized as I was studying, I was like, I'm not as interested in physics as I thought I would be. Like I remember really loving it in high school. And now that I'm in college, I like the only thing I really like to do is like evangelism with the navigators who was, I joined the navigators during that time. And that was like the only thing that was really like keeping me going. The rest of the time I was like, oh, school sucks. Everything sucks. But I was like, the navigators is great. Like, (laughs) so I was super invested in that. And I was like going to Bible study every week and trying to like do as many activities with them as I could. That's so cool. I've been so blessed by the navigators ministry, just in my own life, not even not, you know, through the college ministry, but I, you know, they have a, a series called uh, Design for Discipleship there that, mm. that Nav Press puts out. And um, I I still use, I, I love it, just wonderful principles. They have all the useful things of discerning God's will and, and aspects of prayer and, and just been a been a huge impactful ministry for yeah sure. it's such a I love that ministry so much because it's so disciple focused mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. I met like some of my closest friends there 
I was just a great experience. I did Timothy team, which was just like in a discipleship uh-huh. program where like you have like an older friend who disciples you. And it was such a great experience. I loved it so much. And it felt so natural. Like I felt like they were able to make discipling less awkward. Like where it wasn't <laughs> like, hey, can I disciple you? But it was yeah. like a natural progression of like, hey, we're friends and I'm a little older than you. We should like start talking about the Lord and stuff. So I felt like it was a really cool thing. Nice. Um, and it really grew me as a Christian and it kind of gave me the idea of being able to see myself in ministry, even though I didn't know exactly what yet, I felt like, I was like, okay, well, Kyle, who was like the guy in charge of the navigators at OSU, I was like, well, he has a job. He works for the navigators. I don't know exactly what he does, (laughs) but he somehow (laughs) is doing ministry and making money and serving the Lord and doing what he's called to do. So maybe I can too. So after that year, I had a lot of indecisiveness because that's just something God has been working in me, giving me lots of decisions to make and (laughs) trying to like... And he never does that with easy decisions. No. (laughs) Yeah. So it was just a lot of prayer. Um, And then I finally felt like I was able to go into ministry. And I think a lot of people, I feel like there's this unrealistic idea. I mean, maybe it is realistic. Maybe I just haven't experienced it. But I know a lot of people have told me like, well, I just felt called to ministry. And yeah. I I did not feel called at all. I just, it was something that I wanted to do. And I felt excited about it. And I felt like it was something that the Bible says that like, if the, like, I don't know, I felt like the Bible condoned it. I felt like the Lord will want me to do it but I didn't necessarily feel like God was like whispering in my ear, like, go do this. Um, It wasn't a super clear call. And now that I think I'm in it, I can see more clearly that God was pushing me in that direction. But at the time, it didn't feel like a call at all. It was just like me trying to decide between two completely different things and then just going with the one I wanted to do and hoping that was the right decision and praying about (laughs) it and just like, Praying yeah. that God would use it. So. so thankful that he orders our steps. You know, there's yeah. there are definitely those people who are the Pauls, and he knocks them to the ground and speaks to them, and then there's so many that he just works in the desires of their hearts, and that he, um, like, he can navigate king's hearts like he does rivers or maneuver them, and, and he's able to do that with us as well. It's always a blessing to see him confirm, to be able to look back and say, man, God's been in this. Yeah. And, uh so, so in that, what um, is there any anything where he's really kind of set your your sights for? For me, in my own experience, oftentimes I find he doesn't let me know too far out, or I'd take a different route. Mm-hmm. Um, but has he given you a little uh, little insight where? That's a uh, great in question. And I, where this is all leading? <laughs> I think I have my typical answer that I'm used to telling, like my grandparents and friends, because I don't know exactly what I want to do, but I also don't want to scare people and make that because I like was studying physics and everybody was like, oh, you're going to get a great job. And then I was like, I'm going to go to Moody and study theology. And then they asked, what are you going to do with that? You're not going to get a great job. (laughs) And so now I'm like, okay, well, I have to think of something to tell them rather than, I don't know yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, what I've been mostly telling people is that I want to, I think in a really ideal world, I don't know if this will happen, but I think it would be really cool to work in college ministry um, Mm. on Mormon college campuses. Wow. um, Because I really have a heart for um, Latter-day Saints, and um, I really think that that's an area where it's easy for a lot of Christians to just go like, oh, they have some wild beliefs. Let's talk to someone else, you know? And they're also just very firm and indoctrinated in it. And I think um, 
I just have a heart for them because I kind of relate to them in some way. Um, I think when I was growing up, I kind of thought that I had to earn my salvation a little bit. And so talking to them, they're just trying so hard and they're so nice about it and they um, just really want to do the right thing, but they're in a in an institution that makes it impossible for them to do the right thing. So um, I really would love to work with like Mormon college kids um, and be able to like talk to them about. That's so cool. I don't think I've ever heard that before. Yeah. It's kind of, it's funny. I've met quite a few people at Moody who want to do that. And I didn't know that was common either until I met like four people this year who were like, I want to work with Mormons. And I was like, whoa, me too. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I think, um, yeah, I don't know exactly know what that would involve. I think a lot of it also is trying to help them get out of the church and like, because there's a lot of stigma and stuff where if they leave the church, they get disowned from their family. So sure. like being able to be a part of a um, just a ministry that can help support them when yeah. they leave the church and help them get out of that situation and stuff. Yeah. So. Well, and in this change, you'll also have that testimony as you are, you know, that Matthew, I think it's 633 of uh, seeking first the kingdom of God and the rest of these things will be added to you, the, of, of that as I put God first, um, what what would have been fulfilled by a good job or all these different areas, God just has a way. He's just got a way of supplying those. Yeah. Um, we leave our father or our mother and we find out that he gives us a hundredfold in this life. And, mm-hmm. and just all those promises that uh, as he's going to bring them to pass in your life that you'll be able to go and, and share that with them as well. And as we kind of have a few last things to touch on in our short time with you this morning, um, Philippians chapter 3, Paul, as he kind of lays out what he laid down for the righteousness of Christ, and and that he at no point did he kind of stop and, and hold back, but he was just pressing hard all the way to the end. But he says something for me is rather profound in, in chapter 3, verses 15 through uh, 18. He says, let, therefore, let us, as many are mature, have this mind. And so that, you know, having the same mindset. And I love the fact that we can have un, unity, but yet for someone like you to explore the calling of not being uniform, that there's unity without uniformity, that we can have different callings and different ministries. Anyways, not the point, but, um, and if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule, let us be of the same mind. So wherever we are, start there. Brethren, join in following my example and note those who so walk, as you have us for a pattern. That there, you know, this this pattern that um, as we mature and and we want to say, you know, I'm all in for Jesus, I want to be like-minded, I want to be kingdom-minded, and... As, as God begins to set that pattern in your life, not only to walk mature or to have that one sister that said, hey, man, I'm, I'm just a little older. Let me just, let me impact your life a little bit. Let me, you know, show you how I walk and, and how I follow Jesus. And you begin to have that come out in college and in your life. Um, maybe what would, what would be an encouragement or some advice that you would give to somebody that said maybe says, well, you know, I'm just I'm not spiritual enough, or maybe I'm not good enough. I'm not I'm not, you know, because we we kind of tend to say, okay, oh, well, they're they're the pastors or they're the elders, and we kind of 
classify people as above us and not attainable rather than just, God, do you want me to do that? Um, what would you say to somebody that maybe feels that pull on their heart but is having the battle of the mind? Mm. Um, I think that that's actually like a really good place to be in because um, I think that it's easy when we have really solid plans about something, it's harder for God to work in us. Um, and I notice that in my life where when I have big decisions to make and I'm just a super indecisive person anyway, um, I think that's the time when God shows me his plan, whether or not I'm able to see it at the time later, I can look back and go like, wow, God was working in me. Um, and I think as long as we have God's kingdom in mind, there aren't really any bad choices. Mm. Um, I remember when I was trying to decide what I wanted to do with my life, my mom was just like, you know, neither of those options is bad. Like <laughs> God can use both of those things. Like, why do you think there's one horrible option and one good option and you don't know which mm. one it is? Um, and I think that if you're putting your faith in how God can use you, not how you can serve God, I think it makes it a lot easier. Like, obviously, you want to mm. be able to serve God, but I think we have to realize that God is the one who really does the work, and yeah. we're just the instruments that he uses, and that sounds cliche, but it's true. <laughs> 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 and um, that verse, well, I don't know any references today, but my power is made perfect in weakness, I think, mm. That I think that has definitely helped me because I definitely feel, especially at Moody, there's so many people with really strong callings and really great spiritual gifts. I'm like, wow, you were meant to be a pastor and you were like so good at counseling. You're going to be a great Christian counselor. And then I'm sitting there like, I really like evangelism, but I'm not very good at it. Let me read that verse again, Lord. Your your strength is made perfect in my weakness. Exactly. And I think... Yeah, even like we, I've gone on a few like evangelism, um, just like street outreach things at Moody just to get experience in that. And I had one girl tell me like, you know, even if you're not like called to evangelism, I was like, but I am. <laughs> like, don't tell me that, man. Yeah. Um, so I think that just being able to know that if God wants to use you in that way and if he's given mm. that call on your heart, he's going to make it so that he's going to give you a way to use whatever gifts you have, even if it's not in a conventional sense. So, um, cool. so yeah, just being able to know that he's in control and as long as you're trying to follow mm-hmm. him and taking the right steps to do what he has put on your heart, um, yeah. whether that's ministry or not, I think God can use you in any way possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, yeah, being able to have that mindset is helpful so you're not putting so much pressure on yourself yeah. to like have the perfect life, perfect ministry, everything like that, because God is really the one who works. Such a tendency for us to try to put everything on us and our own strength. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so a couple quick questions so that maybe we can uh, know how to pray for you or somebody who listens to this and maybe may not get a chance to talk to you in person, but how can I pray for this uh, person who's impacting the kingdom? So a couple, couple questions. Uh, what Be in 2020. And you're walking in, and you're on campus, and all of a sudden the world changes. Um, what's been one of the hardest things right now in your life, kind of as you've been on campus um, during um, kind of shelter-in-place lockdowns, quarantines, whatever you want to title it? <laughs> um, definitely loneliness. Um, mm. I think that a lot of people are struggling with that right now, and it's a thing that people don't really like to talk about because 
you just feel uncomfortable being like, I'm lonely, <laughs> you know? It's a weird conversation. But um, I think that that was definitely a struggle for me over this past semester with Moody's a really community-based school um, and with so many COVID restrictions and everything like that. And then um, not being able to hug your friends or having like a little weird glass barrier in between the table to like stop the spread of COVID when you're eating um, yeah. and stuff like that was just really hard. And I think a lot of people were feeling that. Um, so yeah, I would love prayer for just like finding community, even though COVID is a thing. <laughs> mm. So and now that you're in a little bit and kind of that initial loneliness, have you been able to find any fellowship? Is there any ways you've been able to connect Kind of. Okay. <laughs> it's been a... Um, You're kind of an out-of-the-box person, so <laughs> is there any out-of-the-box ways that you can connect and make community? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that that's definitely something I haven't been working at as much as I should be because okay. I know that there are ways to do it, but I think this year I've just been stressed with school and everything. I'm like, I don't care that I'm lonely. I just need to get through this semester. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think... Just the main thing is just being able to, like, reach out to people and not letting insecurities get in your way and just mm. being able to recognize, like, everybody's a little lonely right now and it's yeah. okay to be a little bit awkward and a little bit, like, just that person that's like, hey, can you come over? I'm, like, it's okay to tell people that you're lonely or that yeah. you don't have friends. I think that assuming that everybody's happy except for you is a really bad mentality and I've found yeah. myself in that a lot this year, just thinking like, oh, I'm like lonely and like COVID sucks, but everybody else seems happy. I think that's just yeah. something that really gets in your own way. So such an important lesson. I, I find that it's kind of a something that maybe we don't talk about enough and we'll definitely be praying for you in that, you know, you find uh, just my experience as a pastor that you'll have, you'll have a thousand acquaintances, but you won't have any really good friends. Uh, missionaries will struggle with that. Um, <clears throat> moms who stay home and homeschool their kids. And, and it just seems to be such a part of life where, where yeah, we're looking and, oh, well, they're happy and, and we kind of isolate or with the loneliness and, and we don't just step out. Um, a missionary that was up last week, uh, Shay Stephenson, was sharing just with, with the church that um, what a huge deal it was that when people reached out and just said, hey, we're praying for you, we're, we're thinking about you, and it was a phone call or it was a message or what have you, and and uh, it's great, just a call to, even if it's awkward, to step out and, and to make that connection. So yeah, glad to see you hanging around Roseburg here, and uh, I hope the Lord blesses your time yeah, here and, you. and maybe fills all those community gaps and then send you back out. Um any any final thoughts or words, encouragements? Um, I don't I don't think so. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. So well, God bless you, Emma. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It was really cool. Okay. Well, it's so great today to have Emma Ewens in the studio with us and to hear what God has not only done in her life but is doing in her life as we anticipate that continued work as she's. Uh, pressing on for the kingdom. And so thank you guys so much for hanging out and listening and may the Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you and may he keep you during this holiday season. Bye.